Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Forgive and Forgets podcast. I'm Vic. After seven years of mom living in assisted living, I had to move her into memory care. And this just happened five days ago. And I will tell you, I am still rocked by it. I thought I was prepared for this. I was not. I have to say that what we talked about in my last podcast about living with discomfort and the many reasons why we live in the uncomfortable and doing my 20-second breathing exercise to reset or reboot really helped me through this tough time. So I walked my talk, I'm happy to say, and it worked. This move did not come... Thank you, Frank. This move did not... Welcome to podcasting at home. This move didn't come as a surprise. Um, it, it did, and it, and it did not come as a surprise. From my last few podcasts, I talked about mom's decline and her severe decline just before COVID hit. More recently, I was told by management that, among other things, she was having to be escorted back to her apartment because she could not remember where it was. <laughs> She didn't recognize her own apartment, or when she left her apartment, she had to ask where she was. When the staff would tell me about these episodes, my standard lightning of the mood would be, well, at least she's wearing her pants, but evidently that took a back seat. So several things worth mentioning that I learned that contributed to her decline besides COVID was her thyroid was off the charts whacked. Plus, she was battling a UTI, a urinary tract infection. And UTIs are common among elderly. And for my mom, I know that showering became problematic the more her dementia declined. And because she was living in the assisted living side, she had a kitchen and a shower, and she was supposed to be responsible for showering. Um, To clarify, her kitchen only had a sink and a fridge, no stove, no microwave. When declines in dementia happen, showering and cleanliness take a back seat. It's just a factual symptom. So UTIs are very prevalent. The thyroid issues had to be straightened out by a doctor. Her body apparently was simply not absorbing the medication, but they did get it all straightened out. They did put her on antibiotics for the UTI. So in this medical respect, she did get better. Today, I want to address both the logistics and emotions surrounding this event of Moving Mom. Because of COVID, my ability to see mom with actual visits finally opened up about a month ago. Honestly, with all that had happened, I was afraid she would not remember who I was. But she did, thank God. The last visit I had with her before the memory care decision was made was a good one. And visits are either through their apartment windows with a screen or in the two entryways of the seasons with a bank of glass that separates one entry from another. It's like a mudroom. 
turns out she was sitting quietly on a couch by herself in the uh, lobby. And when she saw me, she broke down. I almost lost it, and it took everything I had to keep it together. I kept waving and smiling while the staff set up our respective chairs on either side of the glass. First thing she did when she sat down was put her hands up on the glass, and I met her hands with my hands on my side of the glass. And then she dropped her forehead to the glass, and I did the same. I kept it together while mom still had her forehead against the glass, and so I squished my face on the glass, pushing my nose and upper lip up. So when she looked up, (laughs) I had this goofy face, and she cracked up. She looked good for someone who needs a haircut and lost some weight due to the thyroid issue. But our visit was fine, like I said, and it was only about 8 to 10 minutes. Fortunately... Uh, My visit did not upset her after I left, and I never did get a distress call the next day, so that was good. For me, though, sometimes visits would leave me very drained, very sad, and I would drive out of the parking lot bawling like a baby. Sometimes I would be okay. Sometimes if I was okay at the time, the grief would hit later. So lucky us caregivers, even our grief is unpredictable along with the rest of our job. And again, this unpredictability is one strong reason why we live in a constant state of discomfort and uh, uneasiness. Then I got a call. She was extremely upset and I could not calm her down, much less make her laugh or snap her out of it. After that, I called management and even called management like a day or two later to see how mom was doing, talk about medications or ideas to thwart this or help this. And that was when uh, China is the manager's name. She suggested memory care. Where mom lives the seasons at the seasons of Reno, the building is divided into assisted living on one side and memory care on the other. Super great idea. And I didn't hesitate. Uh, I said, when do we move her? What do you need from me? I seem fine. I didn't get off the phone and lose it. And I remember thinking, huh, I'm handling this pretty darn well. Well, at three o'clock that morning, I woke up and had a meltdown. When I woke up, my heart physically felt like it was being crushed. I broke I couldn't stop crying, and I mean crying hard. I did not sleep well the rest of the night, but I was still at the Seasons the very next day. I was masked, and they gave me a gown and gloves, and they were keeping mom busy elsewhere in the building. Uh, My job was to go through her apartment and take out things she no longer needed. I did not think this through very well. I didn't know what that really meant. I took most of her wardrobe, all dishes, silverware, items out of her fridge, loose cards, uh, quite a few pictures, a huge area rug, sentimental knickknacks, and a few pieces of furniture. And I remember feeling like I was in shock that this really wasn't happening. And yet there I was in go mode. 
shockingly, my wagon, my car, and my Thule sport box on top were completely loaded. I did not expect that. I kept thinking the last time I was moving these things and had these same items in my car was seven years ago. I always thought that when I had mom's things in my car again, it was because she passed away, not because I was moving her into memory care. Funny what we think about. I cried all the way home. I pulled in the garage. I left everything in the car. I came in, fed the dogs, and crawled into bed. The next three days, I spent laundering clothes, washing items, toasters, coffee makers, um, making up a box for Goodwill, or merging things into my house, deciding what stays and what goes. It was like a mini version of me cleaning out our house of 52 years. Gosh, that took me six months to do. And like then, uh, why it probably took me so long is sometimes I could work for 15 minutes. Um, Sometimes I walked in the house and turned right around and left. When I was going through her things from the apartment, sometimes I couldn't do a damn thing or I would just end up doing something else or I'd sleep. For me, sleep is my drug of choice. I can't overdrink or indulge in drugs. I throw up. So substance abuse is not an option, which is a good thing. I did call management. Of course I did and ask how the move went, how mom handled her new surroundings I suspected that mom had no idea. She was now living in another part of the building and in a new apartment. And I was right. She was escorted after dinner to her new apartment and didn't bat an eye. I've only seen mom's new apartment and memory care side by virtual tour because of COVID. uh, No one is still allowed inside either assisted living or memory care. And I get that. I have talked to her since, and she says nothing about her new apartment or that she is in a different section of the building, nothing. The biggest surprise was feeling how not prepared I was for moving mom into memory care. I thought I had been anticipating her death all this time, but this showed me how unprepared I really am. In a way, moving her was like a death, another step down the ladder in this overall journey. Since then, I have stayed pretty quiet, waves of grief still hit at various times, and I let the tears come. Paying attention to my grief has taught me two things, that my grief is temporary. I know that I will not always be in such a state of paralysis. Second, if I don't honor my grief, I wind up in it a lot longer That could mean crying, sleeping, doing my breathing exercise for 25 seconds. This exercise keeps me present. Being present holds the least pain or sadness or heartbreak. It holds the least resistance. It's when I think about the past or worry about what may or may not come next in the future that that is when the angst starts to build. So I breathe I accept the discomfort, I cry, I stay quiet, whatever grieving means for me. Whatever grieving means for you, pay attention to it so you can honor it. Think of grief like lifting weights at the gym. We lift the first set of repetitions and then take a break. We do another set of repetitions 
and then take a break. And then we may maybe do another set. Each set works and strengthens a muscle group because you're focusing on that set. Is this uncomfortable? Yes. It's hard to put your body through the paces. But the overall after effect is you have a stronger, more resilient, better functioning body. Grief works the same way. Grief sets can have the same effect. Does that make sense? So make grief okay. Think of the metaphor of lifting weights. When my heart is breaking, it needs focus and attention. Crying and grieving helps my heart heal. It makes my heart stronger and more whole. Thankfully, mom is doing great. Life is only simpler on that side. They still have activities. They go on bus rides. Mom is eating better. She's finishing her meals. There is more staff. And according to a staff member that I spoke with yesterday, she looks better. Mom is calmer and definitely better off there. I can take comfort in the fact that she is safe, cared for, attended to, and is as happy as she can be. That is something. That is a lot. Take care of yourself. Be kind. Be kind in these times, COVID times. Be kind to others even if they're not kind. Be safe, and I will walk with you again soon. Bye-bye.